Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is uh, Jacob Johnson and I am joined, I am in Pennsylvania and I am joined on the show by Bruce, as always, uh, Bruce Johnson, my brother. And and also, we are joined today as a special guest, Pastor Hansen. And uh, so today we are today is our topic episode. Um, and as you can tell, uh, I am not the typical one who does hosting on Friday or really any day of the week. It's typically Bruce. But Bruce is feeling a little bit under the weather, weather and has a sore throat, and it's hard for him to talk for long periods of time. So Just a few more me, days now. I won't be yeah. alive much longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, a little so, dramatic. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for listening and watching us today. Uh, please do not forget to check out the show website, which is trdshow.net. And it has a lot of great things there, especially the um, referral program where you can get free merch and stuff like that. Um, but you can also email us at trdshow at photonmail.com. Uh, don't forget... Don't forget to use that email and send us topic ideas because we are running out <laughs> at some point. Again, uh, they're going to stop believing you after yeah, a while. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but um, in order to not miss any of our episodes, you need to sign up for the newsletter at trdshow.net slash newsletter because, you know, sometimes you could just forget to watch the episode that week. Uh, and because you, because you didn't know if we had it or not, whereas the newsletter will remind you that we have episodes coming out and you can watch them the day after. Uh, so it helps keep you notified as to when we come out with new episodes. So please sign up at trdshow.net slash newsletter. All you have to do is input your email and you'll be notified and be able to watch our episodes every single day they come out. So, again, like I said before, today is the topic episode, and like I said, we have special guest Pastor Hansen on, and because he's our special guest and he's a pastor, we would like to uh, have him go over our verse this week. Oh, and for and those who so, don't know, Pastor Hansen is my pastor here in South Dakota, so Connection Church and Lead. Yeah. We actually had him on the show, when was it, a couple of weeks ago? When we were going through our yeah, three-part se series on the kingdom of God, and yeah, I don't don't think it was that long ago. Yeah, I mean, a couple yeah, of weeks. I, I can't keep track. I mean, I'll be like, oh yeah, this happened last week, and then turns out it was a month and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't that yeah. long ago, and I'm just happy you guys decided to have me back on. I I, uh, I apparently didn't spouse enough heresy to get kicked <laughs> off the show for good. Yeah, mm. it was a mm. big conversation we had, yeah. but ultimately we decided, you know, as long as we're on the mute button. We'll be, mm -hmm. you know, we'll be good. So yeah, it's like you, the, you the, the moment a, I start talking about like being a reformed a, Baptist. Right? Ah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. 
right? You scored like a five on the heresy level, so <laughs> we were on the fence, but you know, we, we ultimately decided to let you back on. <laughs> but in all Just seriousness, make sure make sure not to mess up again. <laughs> okay. In all yeah. seriousness, we're all the time talking about um, how pastors need to preach the whole counsel of God and. Uh, as we've been talking in our verse this week, what are the commandments that we should be keeping in order for God's favor to be on our nation? Pastor Hansen at his church does an incredible job of delving into all of that. And he's one of the only churches in this area that I know of that actually does that, that he preaches the whole counsel of God. So um, in all seriousness, we're very honored to have him on the show today. Well, thank you. And uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, Pastor Hansen will be taking over our verse of the week, so I will be handing it off to him so he can explain to us what this verse means. So. Well, here's hoping uh, here's hoping you guys don't have to hit the mute button on me. <laughs> uh, so the verse of the week, if I got this right, is Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 9. Yes. Which says, But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. Again, that's Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 9. Um, so the whole book of Nehemiah is really great, but contextually what's happening is Israel is in exile at this point. They've been taken to Babylon. And so they're in exile. The famous part of Nehemiah is Nehemiah returning to build the wall um, <laughs> and kind of rebuild the city. Mm. And so with the specific topic of what commandments do we see, we see a consistent thread in this verse that we see throughout a lot of the Old Testament, which is God saying, if you obey me, if you keep my commandments, you'll receive blessing. If you disobey me, if you break my commandments you'll receive cursing, right? That's that's mm. a key part of being in covenant. Covenant is a, a relationship where there is blessing for obedience and there is um, cursing for disobedience. Mm. And so this has led a lot of people uh, in modern evangelicalism to say things like, well, you know, you were saved in the old covenant by keeping the law, which is not true at all. That's not how salvation uh, has ever come by the works of the law. No man shall be saved. Paul says, you know, no man has ever been saved by the works of the law, hmm. but we notice this consistent thread where God says, if you obey me, there's natural blessing that comes with that. If you disobey my commands, there's natural cursing and destruction that comes upon a people. And I think if we stop and we think about any of the commands of God, it makes sense, right? I mean, you guys have been working your way occasionally through the Ten Commandments. Yes. You know, yep. it, if you obey any of the Ten Commandments, is that a blessing on your life or a curse on your life? Mm. Blessing. Yeah. 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 It's it's yeah. it's a no brainer. I mean, uh, and we I just covered the fifth and... the fifth commandment, which is the first commandment with a promise yep. that your days will be long on the land your Lord your yeah. God has given you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and if you disobey those. Clearly, your life is going to err towards destruction and, yeah. and damnation. And that's not, that is in no way speaking against salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and mm. Christ alone. Yep. You know, salvation, of course, is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. But all of God's commands, all of God's laws are good. 
And so obeying the good and rejecting the evil naturally results in blessing on one hand or cursing on the other hand. And so that's what's being said here is obviously Israel had been sent into exile for their disobedience, specifically Mm. regarding the land. They had disobeyed God and how they treated the land. And so they were sent into exile. And now they are being reminded from God of the truth that if they obey him and they keep his commands and they do righteousness, that he will restore them and he'll take them back to the promised land, the land that he had chosen for his name to be blessed. So Mm. I I think that's encouraging when reading through the commandments is not to necessarily think of them as just sort of emotionless blank rules to obey or break, but to look at it as, do you want your life to be blessed or do you want your life to be cursed? Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's how I look at those. Wow. It's a great point. Great points. Yeah, really, really great uh, breakdown there. Um, Certainly better than Bruce and I did on the other (laughs) two episodes. But um, uh, moving on to our topic, right? And this topic, Pastor Hansen brought up specifically uh, when he asked to come on to the show. Um, And I I will actually, because I probably don't have a great introduction for what this topic is. I will let Pastor Hansen go ahead and introduce the topic as to what what we're going to be discussing today and what what uh, he wanted to talk about. So, Pastor Hansen. Yeah. So, um, this is uh, kind of free-for-all Friday. At least that's how I describe your Friday. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how you guys describe it, but I mean, it's kind of free-for-all Friday. But uh, Bruce was talking about wanting to talk more about like cultural issues and things going on. Well, every year, Ligonier Ministries, which is the ministry of R.C. Sproul, uh, the late R.C. Sproul, he passed away a few years ago. Um, it's a ministry that's helped me a ton in my relationship with Christ. Uh, but they do a survey, a massive survey called the State of Theology. And so what they do is uh, this year they interviewed 3,011 people, a uh, mass wow. survey, and they, they make statements and you either uh, strongly agree, somewhat agree, you know, I don't know, somewhat disagree, strongly disagree. It's one of those types of surveys. Mm. And so they make various uh, statements, and then you have to click on how you agree or how you disagree with it. And so it's to give kind of a general state of theology within the nation. So every year they do one of these and I've, I've kept track since I think 2019 was the first one I really dove into Hmm. Uh, kind of in the process of planting a church, because even though, you know, in Leeds, South Dakota, it's kind of a podunk little community kind of isolated from the rest of the world. It's still very invaluable to have kind of your finger on the pulse of where is the state of theology in general in the nation? Um, You know, in general, when I come across someone, are they going to, you know, are they going to believe that God is perfect and, you know, without sin, you know, like how are they going to land on that? So I found that very helpful for, so for the past several years, I've kind of kept track of this and there's just some interesting findings every year and some interesting conversation on where is the nation at and where is the evangelical church at with some of these theological truths. Wow. That's really cool. Um, So before we actually like, get into some of the questions and start answering some of those. Could you elaborate just a little bit more on, you, you did just a little bit, but I'd love to know more on the importance of this survey. Like how does having this information help us um, 
fight culture wars better? Does it allow us to create better sermons because now we know what we're up against? Um, what's the what's the impact here? And then how do we take that and and apply that and actually use this information? And 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 real quick, um, something was brought up when I was thinking of this and talking with uh, talking with our research team, talking with other people about this. Um, it's like why is why is this first like like Bruce was saying, why is this important when we've kind of realized the problem is sort of with the church, right? Why are we talking about, we know that culture is, you know, going off because the churches are not doing their job correctly. So how does this, just showing another more thing, like, hey, look at this, the culture is still not doing well. How does this help us in trying to restore the church? Yeah, I think those are uh, kind of similar questions in a, a similar vein. I find this survey personally to be helpful because uh, this would be before you guys, but there was an old G.I. Joe cartoon series in the 1980s. I, I grew up watching it in the 90s, watching reruns on TV. Hmm. Um, but they, they had these PSAs. Like this is like in the 80s, it was a huge thing to have cartoon PSAs. <laughs> and basically like, you know, uh, don't, stick your finger in an outlet, you know, or something like that, you know, like just kind of goofy, silly, stupid PSAs, but they always ended the same way. You know, like the kid would get in a bad situation and one of the GI Joe characters would come in and be like, don't do that. You know, this is why this is bad, you know, and kind of give the little life lesson. And then they'd always end with the kids going, wow, now I know <laughs> and the, the GI Joe character would say, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> um, that is it's funny. super cheesy, super corny, but it's yeah. true. Uh, in general, when dealing with how do we, you know, what do we preach on? How do we engage culture? How do we impact our culture as a whole? And beyond that, how do we endure and even live in our culture? You have to first know where it's at. Hmm. You know, you have to have that information and that knowledge. And so even though pretty much everyone you meet is not going to land directly in this scale on this survey, like, Every individual person is going to land in a different place. It's still tools like this give you information on, okay, Joe Schmo on the street versus weekly attender. Where do they stand? Hmm. You know, like, yeah, uh, because when point. I look at the survey, I always turn on, you can turn on different filters to get, you know, the little bit more narrowed down results. And I like to turn on the weekly church attender. So what is the general consensus for the entire survey group, kind of just Joe Schmo on the street. And then what is the consensus, you know, versus what is the consensus of the weekly attender? Mm, so those yeah. are in church every week. Where Great they point. Land. Yeah. And that, so we have me, about 15 minutes left, but that's, that's really good to lay down what some of the most important, like, why are we studying this? Why are we looking into it? So in the 15 minutes we have left, what do you think is the most important uh, thing to address. I know that there's several questions. I mean, this, how many questions do you know? How many questions statements. they went through? Oh man. Statements. Um, Sorry. They asked things like, does have... God change? Are we born innocent? Uh, does church membership matter? Um, yeah, 30, there's 35 questions. If I, if I read it correctly, there's okay. 35 or statements, I should say there's 35 statements. Wow. So out of all of those, and this is totally my question, you have 15 minutes left. So Take it wherever you want. But 
my question, what I want to know is what did you find most disheartening and which, if any, were you actually encouraged about? So the negative, but, you know, being the post mill people that we are, we like <laughs> to look at the grand scheme of things and understand where this thing called history is going. Mm hmm. What do you think is happening, I guess, is the question I'm asking, which is super vague. So answer it however you want. <laughs> I think in general, one of the things that sticks out to me is it's generically encouraging how the weekly church attender has a little bit more theological ground underneath oh, of them okay. than the yeah. average person. So as you track through the questions, it's like, Ooh, that's really bad. Ooh, that's really bad. <laughs> you know, but then you're like, okay, but the majority of evangelical Christians still believe Orthodox on this, you know? So that can be encouraging. Um, but really what stands out most to me is the decline of evangelicalism within the United States. Mm. So even being post mill, you know, kind of that belief that, you know, we're going to continue to climb uphill you know, things will get theologically and ecclesiologically better until Christ returns. Yep. Slow but sure. We still believe in those dips in that graph, right? Yes. We still believe in those hard times and those difficulties. Um, but I think there is just a generic decline within the church in the United States. Uh, a good example, uh, I'll, I'll get into some of the examples here, I guess. I just want to kind of scroll through some of them. Statement three says God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And so everybody had to answer, uh, somewhat agree, strongly agree, you know, that, that kind of graph. Um, as far as the full survey, 45% strongly agree and 22% somewhat agree. Nice. Wow. So that's 67% of the, of the average Americans, 67% of people agree with the statement that God accepts the worship of wow. all religions. Wow. That's and also bad. for the listeners. Um, if you're, if you're not watching us, you should definitely come back and watch us. Cause we're going to have those graphs up on screen. So you can actually kind of see it and really understand the magnitude of what he just said. Yeah. I was, when I was looking at that, it was quite surprising that as many people believed that. And I, I think it's a little bit of the fact that, you know, we're, we're teaching so much more now that God just loves everyone for who they are and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff that no matter what you believe in, God will love you the same. And right. It's the, it's the American lie of it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're earnest about it. <laughs> wow. Like as long as you're honest about yep. it, uh, RC Sproul would talk about that all the time. What's really scary. I, I don't want to pass this up. What's really scary on this one, same statement, you know, statement three, um, 57%, 42% strongly agree and 25% somewhat agree within the church. Wow. So if I'm getting that right, that's 60, 67%. It's reading no four. What's 42 plus 25. Why is my brain just shorting? <laughs> that's 67, uh, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the majority of evangelical Christians who, you know, or I wouldn't say evangelical, but the majority, the majority of once a week church attenders believe that God accepts the worship of all religions. Wow. That to me is really sad. Yeah. Yep. Like, and, 
And that to me shows what we need to be preaching on, right? Mm. Like a good question I ask myself as I'm going through this each year is how do I ensure my church like is in gets these answers right, you know? Yeah. Like, how do I give my church a theological framework to be able to go, well, hold on. <laughs> That's not right. There's a first commandment out there somewhere, I think. <laughs> yeah, right? Or or how about um how does how does culture view the immutability of God? So mm. statement four is another one that jumped out to me. God learns and adapts to different circumstances. Oh, yeah. Huh. I mean, this one's a little bit better. I mean, just the general participants, 32% strongly agree and 20% somewhat agree. Why? So 52% of people in America believe that God learns and adapts to different circumstances. And that's not great. I mean, (laughs) our culture used to be a Christian culture that understood that God never changes. I mean, even our, uh, you know, we understand that man is endowed with certain inalienable rights from their creator, right? Like these rights don't change. God doesn't change his mind on them. Yep. You know, everyone has these inalienable rights within our nation that was recognized at the founding. Hmm. But what about the church? The question there is, I find a little interesting how they define these different um, groups, right? And they have, they seem to have, right, uh, adult findings, right, and then evangelical findings. And like what you're saying, weekly churchgoers, right? So, is is that like when you're saying 52% believe God can change, Right? Is those are those the people who are just randomly on the street who really have no basis of theology at all, who are might be atheists, might be I don't know what whatever of a different religion, but um, it, for those people, I I kind of like are they thinking like oh well, there's no one in the world that doesn't change throughout time so why would this person god not uh not change you know is i'm mm-hmm. just wondering about the where where they choose the spectrum of people and who they're choosing as the people who they ask and is this adult findings is this 52 percent um just random people on the street could possibly be atheists and other people who don't necessarily know the theological God, right? Yeah, they haven't been trained the way church people should be. Right. Well, and I think, so the 52% is, that's the whole finding. So they interviewed 300 and, or 3,011, excuse me, 3,011 people. This is adults, children, men, women, you know, uh, atheists, Buddhists, agnostics, you know, the full spectrum. This is Mm. like everyone in America, right? And then you can you can actually apply different filters on this. I encourage you guys just to go to um, thestateoftheology.com and you can play around. You can click on the different filters and figure things out. So like uh, if I come here, I can filter, let's see what, uh, females. So among women, not men, the same statement, God learns and adapts to different circumstances. of women would agree with that. Wow. 
So like you can, you know, you can change this like, okay, male, let's do male. How are, how are the men doing here? <laughs> uh, 53% of men agree that God changes and adapts. So worse. So, so yeah, the guys are doing worse than the girls on this one. Uh, so you can kind of do this. The reason I like to uh, do like weekly church attendance is, is it gauges for me, how is the church doing as like, how is the church doing in the midst of the culture? Right. Hmm. Clearly the church is failing to disciple the culture. Yeah. Like clearly based on the responses to this, there are a lot of areas where the church is failing to disciple the culture. Hmm. But then I like to see how is the church discipling, not the occasional attenders, you know, not the people who aren't prioritizing church. How is the church discipling those weekly attenders? Hmm. Yeah. You know, how, how are we, how are we doing with that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, another really good one. This is a good statement you hear all the time. Uh, Jesus statement number seven, Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Hmm. Wow. Right. So that's a common statement that we hear in our culture, in our day and age. So the, the generic response, Joe Schmo on the street, including atheists, agnostics, new age, men, women, children, all of this, uh, we got 31% strongly agree with that statement and 22% somewhat agree. So this is a better response, right? Yeah, that's interesting. So we've got 53% of Americans believe Jesus was a good teacher, but he was not God. Hmm. Or I wonder if they understood the question and responded to the first statement that he was a good teacher. Hmm. Right. I, I'm but, sure there's, there, I'm sure there's some of that, but you'll get that with every survey, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. used to say. Yeah. But like the church, so the weekly church attender, 28% strongly agree with that statement. 14% somewhat agree. Wow. So that's uh, 42, 42% of weekly church attenders believe, at least by their admission, believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Wow. Mm. Wow. Wow. You know, and then there's the flip side. I mean, looking in the church, let's look on the positive note here for just a second. 47% strongly disagree and 8% somewhat disagree with the statement, right? Like, mm. so that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, you've definitely got, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot better, but it's still, it's just kind of like, okay, how is the church discipling the culture? Like, yes. Does the so, culture even understand the message of the gospel? Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, we, so we've got about four minutes left. Um, clearly, these these stats, for the most part, are not super encouraging. What can we do? What can individual churches do? What can individuals who are church-going people answer these biblically? What can they do? And what can pastors do to fix this rampant heresy throughout our culture? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think... The first thing is the evangelical church. I'm talking as a whole here. Like I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush. Hmm. The evangelical church has to get over its aversion to doctrine and theology. Hmm. Yes. We, we have to stop peddling this. I, I've heard it described many times by other people, this uh, moralistic therapeutic deism. Hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that's what most people get. And there's some theology mixed in. I mean, not all of these answers are horrifying. Some of them are fairly decent. You know, as you page through these 32 questions or whatever it is, some of them are somewhat encouraging. 
But really what I walk away with every year when I'm examining this survey is the church as a whole has to get over its aversion to theology. Yes. You know, we have to preach the gospel every Sunday. Yes. But we have to get the gospel to touch earth. Yes. And we have to preach the full counsel of God. Yep. The church, you know, there is a sense. Yes, we understand culture can be downstream from the church, right? Like, like we get that. But there is a real sense where sometimes we have to take our eyes off of, you know, kind of what we're focusing on and just go, okay, Christians, my church, my flock, how can I give them a theological foundation so that they can go out from these four walls and actually engage the culture? Yes. Yes. That's how they'll learn because for the most part, the culture is not coming into the church to hear from the pulpit. Yep. We've spent decades in the church trying to figure out how to get the lost in Mm. to, you know, feed them. We've turned the Sunday morning service into pure evangelism. Yep. And there has to be evangelism in the Sunday service. Yes. Like if you don't have evangelism, you're failing. But how do we give our people, how do we educate our people, you Mm. know, the church Christians, how do we educate them so that they can go out because goats aren't going to come in for sheep food. (laughs) Let's be honest. Yeah. And you had an excellent sermon on that couple, maybe weeks, months ago on the goats and the sheep. Um, Breaking that down. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, um, answering Thanks some of these questions. Me. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And it's very insightful into what's happening right now. And I think more than ever, um, the book we're going through the past two months, like relates directly to this, you know, essays on church life, um, talking about how we can reform our churches and repair them so that they can repair the culture. So if you've missed our Wednesday episodes, you should definitely check those out. I'll pass it back I would, to you. I would just say in closing, yeah, kind go of, for it. Kind of last thought, closing yes. thought is um, how the church shapes the culture is through Christians living like Christians. Yes, it's, absolutely. It's, um, we will never see our culture change unless there's first revival in the church. Mm. The people of God have to have a hunger for the truth of God and the truth of scripture. Uh, If the people of God don't have a hunger for what he has said and commanded, we're never going to see anything in the culture change. The culture is just going to continue to go down because we have nothing to offer them. If we don't have the truth, Mm. what do we have? Yeah. Yep. Amen. Absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Jake. I'll pass it back to you to wrap it up. Well, uh, thank you for watching and listening to us today. Um, hopefully we shall see you in the next episode, um, which will be our next Monday episode. So, uh, until then, remember everyone in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.